0: Today, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6, titled, Nevermore. Solid literary reference. Very pleased. (laughs) Very impressed with the writers of Teen Titans for coming up with that title. That's a nice, that's a nice deep cut into the literary world. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this episode is great. I love it. It's so freaking amazing on so many levels. It's easily one of my favorites of this season. It, it takes it takes one of my favorite characters. Uh, it takes my favorite of the Titans and gives her this initial character piece that underscores everything I love about this character. While at the same time being absolutely ridiculous. This episode is insane. It is bonkers. It is absolutely absurd and over the top and just weird. While also having those grounded elements. It's a perfect example of the type of tonal balance uh, that I love with this show. Uh, By the way. Fun fact, so this is the first episode, which features the Japanese version of the theme song. So you hear the theme song for this episode in Japanese rather than English. Now, hardcore fans of Teen Titans know that sometimes you get this Japanese version. Sometimes you hear it like that, and they just don't do it in English. Uh, What not everyone knows... Uh, and you'd have to be a really, really hardcore Teen Titans fan to really pick up on this. But, for those of you who didn't know, for those of you who are not that hardcore into Teen Titans, maybe you're watching this for the first time, uh, or maybe you are a hardcore Teen Titans fan and you just never picked up on this fact, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Japanese theme song is, it actually serves a purpose, they use the Japanese theme song to indicate whether an episode is going to be insane or more serious. Uh, the more serious episodes, the episodes that actually have that actually have big character significance, the episodes that uh, drive the story forward, all that stuff, it all has the regular. English theme song. The when there's you know, you know. like that. But, when we get an episode that's just bonkers, that's just absurd, that is just off the wall insane, which happens quite a lot as you will notice, then we get the Japanese theme. So it's that instant indicator of whether or not this episode was meant to be taken seriously. Uh, It's this indicator of whether or not this was a serious episode or a bonkers insane episode. And it's so clever! It's such a great way to indicate whether or not this was meant to be taken seriously. Whether or not this is absolutely insane. It's such a great way to set expectations Right out of the gate. It's brilliant and subtle. And it's that type of genius. Uh, Like, they didn't need to put this little flourish in there, but they did. uh, And it works so, so freaking perfectly. Uh, I I just wanted to mention that. I just wanted to mention the whole Japanese theme song thing. Because, goddamn, it's so, it's so clever and I love that conceit. Uh, But in addition to just being insane, as I said earlier, this is a very good character piece for Raven. Because Raven is a fascinating character, uh, and such a compelling character. Uh, We'll get into storylines with her across this entire series uh, that show different sides of her and are just really amazing. Uh, Season 4 is just entirely a Raven character piece, Uh, so we will... Uh, dive into her very deeply when we get that far in. Uh, but Raven has a lot going on. Uh, she has a demonic, troubled, fractured, mysterious air to her. She is very much of two worlds. There's the human side of her, which is what she prefers, obviously, which is what she tries to uh, keep at the forefront. But then there's this other, there's this unexplained, dark, mysterious element to her that she, as we see in this episode, tries to keep locked up. As much as possible. Most of the time, she's able to do that. Most of the time, she is able to keep that darker presence locked away, and she's able to make it so that uh, that does not emerge. But every once in a while, it comes to the forefront. Every once in a while, it shows up. And that. Is when we get stuff like this opening sequence. Where they're fighting Dr. Light, who by the way is a pretty interesting side villain. Uh, They're fighting Dr. Light, and then Raven just eviscerates him. And tortures him psychologically. And takes a sadistic glee in doing so. We're not entirely sure what she does to Dr. Light here, but we know it was bad, and it left him in fetal position, and it left him, like, afraid of the dark and all that. Uh, And it is a very dark moment that is really indicative of just how troubled Raven is, and just how much of an enigma her powers are. Uh, And you really get everything you need to know emotionally. In this sequence, Uh, Raven, for a moment, is very, for a moment, is very much in control. Then she's like, don't come any closer, like, trying to prevent him from what she knows is about to happen. Prevent him from experiencing what she knows is about to happen. Then this dark part of her takes over, takes glee in torturing this man, and then she snaps out of it and looks on in horror, and spends the next day in a bit of a funk. She sort of inadvertently pisses off Beast Boy with the whole breakfast debacle. Uh everyone makes him apologize for uh pissing her off to begin with. <laughs> because he very much started uh the little verbal battle that she finished by exploding tofu eggs all over the place. <laughs> Uh, So Cyborg and Beast Boy go into Raven's room to get Beast Boy to apologize, accidentally break down the door, and they explore Raven's room for a bit and find this mirror portal to a nightmare realm that happens to be Raven's mind, and they get sucked in and what we then get is the most insane and delightful trippy weird ethereal adventure through raven's mind uh getting attacked by like little tiny birds little tiny raven creatures uh they're meeting all these different versions of raven in different emotional states they meet pink happy raven gray timid raven uh green brave raven Uh, And just go on this insane adventure. Eventually, Raven wises up to what's happening. And she goes in after them and is like, Hey, assholes! (laughs) You're in my head! Get out! And before Beast Boy and Cyborg can leave, uh, we see the physical manifestation of the part of her that got loose this big, hulking, red, giant monster that, uh, causes Raven to allude to her father. We will talk more about this specifically in Season 4. We'll leave that on the back burner for now. Uh, but we get this big, epic third act, uh, with Raven fighting this... Uh, physical manifestation of the darkest parts of herself. Uh, for a while, she's losing. And then eventually, she brings all the different parts of her personality together. Uh, creates a mega raven. And is able to defeat this giant, hulking monster. And lock it back from whence it came. Also, Beast Boy Boy and Cyborg are there. They're cheering her on. Uh, they save her when it's looking like she's about to lose. Uh, in fact, there's this great, great sequence where Raven's like, Hey, hey, no, Cyborg, Beast Boy, leave, get out. If I lose, you're trapped here forever. And Beast Boy and Cyborg, because they're not total pieces of garbage, are like, hey, no, we're not leaving you. We're We're helping you with this. So you get this nice little uplifting ending where... Uh, All three of them are more in sync than ever. All three of them are just, they sort of have this greater bond, and it's wonderful. Uh, And it's amazing that all this transpired through an insane journey through Raven's mind. I cannot stress enough. How absurd this is. It's so weird. It's so insane. There's a giant maze at one point. Uh, There's another point where the world flips upside down for some reason. Uh, They go into this tiny bit of a happy land at some point. Uh, A two-faced statue attacks. It's so weird. (laughs) It's so weird and I love it. Also the entire time. Uh, Starfire's worried about Raven, but Robin's like, eh, she told us to leave her alone. Let's just, let's not disturb her. And he's just flipping through channels the entire time. Starfire's like, may we now go check on her? No. May we now? Na- no. Nah? No. Nah? No. By the end of it, Robin's literally holding Starfire back from checking on her. <laughs> it was really funny. It, it was really really funny. I loved it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. This is such a great episode. I love it so so much. And I look forward to tackling more insane episodes like this. <laughs> Basically, whenever that Japanese theme song comes up, uh, you know I'm just sitting somewhere going, "Yes." I like the crazy shit. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, no. great episode. Really, really amazing. Uh, definitely one of the best of this first season, at the very least. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever Podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simplest just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom four four six eight, and support the show, Patreon.com/slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 7. Talk to you then.